Welcome and thank you for listening to the Okuo Church Podcast. We exist so that people will be in community with Jesus and one another. We'll do that by listening to God, loving people, leading by empowering others, and linking to our community. Today, Pastor Humby Cervera will share a message with you. We hope you enjoy it. It's week seven of Fruit of the Spirit, and at this point, you know what the series is about. We are taking a deep dive in the idea of spiritual fruit, and the reason we're taking this deep dive is because fruitful is the word that is guiding Akuo Church this year. To kick off the year, we learn to dig our roots into the riverbank of God's living water. And when we can dig our roots into the riverbanks of God's living water, which is the Holy Spirit, we connect with God. That connection with God is what bears spiritual fruit in our lives. Because we have learned these things here at Akuo Church, we are doing our best to be fruitful this year and every year after this. So in this series, we want to show you practical applications of the fruit you receive for yourself and how you can share that fruit with other people. With that being said, you're going to need uh, to get some notebook paper or have your notes app ready by the end of this message just so you can take some notes and, and know what is happening here. We want this series to be more than just something nice that you hear about being connected to God. We want it to be something that you can connect and use on a daily basis. Now, this series is based all around the scripture we find in Galatians 5. There it says, The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this week, we jump into the topic of goodness. So in every professional sport, there are people that sit on the outside and watch. There are experts that spend all their time watching this sport, and they are able to definitively say if someone is good or bad at that sport. You might think of like, Charles Barkley in the NBA. To be good at a sport, you have to be able to excel at accumulating a certain amount of measurable stats. In basketball, a great stat to look at would be points. When you look at the players that have scored the most points in NBA history, you'll see that idea in work. In the top 10 scorers in NBA history, eight of them are in the Hall of Fame. The other two that aren't in the Hall of Fame yet are because they're either still playing or just recently retired and aren't necessarily eligible for the Hall of Fame just yet. So if we look at this idea of goodness in athletics, we can make this statement. If you do enough good things, then you will be elevated by your peers into a special place. And we can actually push that further into other parts of life. If you're in business, the more good things you do in your business, the more money it will make for your business. So you look like a better business person. If you're a firefighter, the more good things you do at work, putting out fires, lending medical assistance, the more likely that people will think you are a good firefighter. If you're a plumber, then the more busted pipes you can fix, the more likely that people will think you are a good plumber. So I think for these professions, there are pretty good measurables to know if you are good or bad at them. But what happens when you get to something that isn't as easy to define if you're good or bad? Like, what happens if you're a chef? You know, there seems to be some differing opinions on what food tastes like. Like, you know, people might not like seafood and you're a seafood chef. Or what happens if you're an artist or a musician of, of some sorts? Different people have different opinions on this. Now, what about you? In what ways are you striving to be good? Is it at work? Are you doing your best to do a good job? Are you trying your hardest to be a good employee? Is it in a relationship? Are you doing your best to be the best partner you can possibly be? Or is it you're trying to be a good parent? Are you trying your hardest to be good for your kids? Now, for, for some of this, it's hard to discern, right? 
Because we don't know for good or bad or what. But there are some basic rules to all of this. And there are rules that will guide us through all of these different things. And we actually see something similar happening in the Bible. We see a set of rules that we can follow. And, and to look at that, we have to start way, way at the beginning. Really, right after the beginning. You see, God created this world in a very specific way. He created this amazing garden where everything in this world will be in constant community with him. The whole world would be able to be in physical presence, the physical presence of God at all times. He created this world and put man and woman on it and animal and lands and ground and air. He created it all. There was only one rule that needed to be followed in this world. Don't eat from the forbidden tree. The two people he created, named Adam and Eve, did pretty good at that for a little bit. Now, while they were in the garden, though, here comes a serpent. And let's take a look at the scripture here in Genesis to continue in this story to see what happens. There it says, One day the serpent asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it too. So it's because of this choice that Adam and Eve made that God had to expel them from the garden. What happened is that they helped bring sin into this world. Now, so sin is just any word, thought, or action that falls short of the absolute perfection of God's character. Basically, these actions would be considered bad. Sin is bad. So because of this sin, people now have to live in this world that is fallen and broken and messed up with a bunch of other people that are fallen and broken and messed up. However, in this, God gave people some guidance known in the Jewish scriptures as the law. So we would call the Jewish scripture the Old Testament, and we would call the law the Ten Commandments. So God gave these Ten Commandments to a Jewish man named Moses to share with all the people of Israel. They are presented to the people of Israel to help them lead their lives. So here are the Ten Commandments. You must not have any other God but me. You must not make for yourself an idol of any kind or an image of anything in the heavens or on the earth or in the sea. You must not misuse the name of the Lord your God. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and mother. You must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely against your neighbor. You must not covet anything that belongs to your neighbor. So God sent these laws to the people of Israel, but guess what? They still did what they wanted. They sinned all the time. These laws didn't help make anyone good. Following a bunch of rules and regulations didn't make anyone good at all. So let's think about it like this. Let's think back to the illustration I used to start this message. When it comes to basketball, there might be a player that follows all the rules. The player might do their best to never commit a foul or a transgression against another player on the court. But just because they aren't committing fouls doesn't mean they're scoring baskets. 
Just because they aren't doing the wrong things doesn't mean they're doing the things that will elevate them. So there's this theologian named John D. Hanna that helped contribute towards this book, The Bible Knowledge Commentary, an exposition of the scriptures. And in this book, he writes this about how we should view the laws given to Moses by God. One of the great events in the history of Israel, and perhaps in the history of mankind, is the giving of the law. The law was not given so that the Israelites, by keeping it, could attain righteousness or being good. The law functioned to show the Israelites their sinfulness in contrast with God's standards of holiness and righteousness and to condemn mankind. So the law was set up so we could see exactly how we fall short, how we fall short of God's standards. What happened was that the law was introduced so we could see how messed up we all are, so we could understand just how much we needed God. So when you look at the life of Jesus, he hits on this exact idea in a few different ways. Here in Matthew 12, Jesus is giving an example to the teachers of the religious law to show them that they are also sinners, just like the people they were leading, even though they didn't think they were. So let's take a look at the passage in Matthew 12. There, Jesus says, A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, its fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. So Jesus is telling them that because they produce bad things in their lives, essentially because they sin, they are considered bad trees. Now here's where it gets interesting. Why are they producing bad fruit? Well, it's because of what's in their heart. There are sinful things in their heart. So guys, the same thing goes for all of us. Each one of us walks around with sins in our own hearts. Some of it is because of the sin that happened way back in the day and the garden was passed down to us. Some of it comes from sin that can be passed down from past generations like our parents and grandparents. They can pass sin down along to us. And the sin in your heart can just come from yourself. You can do it all on your own. So because of that, we are all considered bad trees that give bad fruit. Now with that being said, how do we even go about finding goodness if we're just bad trees with bad fruit? How can we move from sin and being bad to being actually good? Well, let's look at what Jesus has to say a little bit later in the book of Matthew. There he says, Someone came to Jesus with this question. Good teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life, to be in heaven? Why ask me about what is good, Jesus replied. There is only one who is good. So Jesus is asked this question about what good deeds need to be done to get eternal life. The person's like, Jesus, what rules do I need to follow to make sure I get into heaven? But Jesus doesn't even really worry about the question asked at first. Jesus needs to make a statement about what is actually good in the world. So when Jesus, God that took on the form of a man and walked the earth, when Jesus says something like this, we need to pay attention. So here Jesus says, there is only one that is good. And when Jesus says that, he is speaking of the Father in heaven. What Jesus is saying is that God is the only thing that is truly good. So we are talking about goodness this week, and we see it clearly from Jesus. Jesus defines what is goodness in this world. It's God. So we understand what is good, and we understand what is bad as well. So let's look at that as our big idea for today. God good, 
sin bad. God good, sin bad. Now, I know this might be a really basic concept for some of you, but I think we all need to understand the depth of this and where it comes from. So when Jesus was able to take an account of the entire world, the only good he saw was God. There wasn't a single person, there wasn't a single thing that could be accounted as good. There wasn't a single person that he could look at and say, they're good in the same way that God is. That sounds harsh, but when we look at how we have defined what bad is, which is sin, it's easy to see that. And we can see Jesus describe God's goodness further in Luke 11. There he says, You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Again, Jesus makes the distinction between God and people. God is good. He can give good gifts, much better than the good gifts that us sinful fathers can give. Now remember our working definition of sin. Sin is any word, any thought, or any action that falls short of the absolute perfection of God's character. So let's think back on Adam and Eve walking around in the garden. They were in community with God. They got to see him daily. They got to talk with him all the time. They had a face-to-face relationship with God, but then they disobeyed his one rule. Adam and Eve sinned. And that one sin was enough to remove them from direct fellowship with God. Because wherever God is, sin cannot exist with it. God will overpower any and all sin that he comes across. So a direct audience with God will destroy whatever is sinful. That might actually be part of God's provision, that we aren't in direct community with him the way, God, the way Adam and Eve used to be there with God. So, so far today, I basically explained how we will always fall short of everything that God has set out for us. This may have been a little bit of a downer of a service, which is a weird thing because this is a service, a message that's supposed to be about the spiritual fruit of goodness. So for us, how do we go about producing any goodness in our lives if we are sinful and fall short of God's expectations? Well, that's actually super simple. It's what we've been talking about all year long. We will dig our roots deep in the riverbank of God's living water, which is the Holy Spirit. Then through that connection, God will bear spiritual fruit in our lives. We all know that we can't produce goodness all the time. We might be able to do a pretty good job of of being good, but there's some point where we're going to fall short. There's some point where we are going to reach the end of our physical and mental ability to be good and like throw something across the room or yell at the guy in front of us in a line. That's why it's so important for us to dig our roots deep into the one who is good always. That's why it's so important for us to be fed by the living water of God, which is the Holy Spirit. When we are connected to the Holy Spirit, when we are led by God living within us, we can see the spiritual fruit of goodness happening all the time without any real work or struggle. So here's your practical idea for today. What I want you to do is look at your life. Look at what motivates you. Is it following rules or following the Holy Spirit? If you think a bunch of rules and regulations is following the Holy Spirit, you are wrong. You are in relationship with the Spirit, guys. You are to be able to be in community with the Holy Spirit. So what I want you to do today is break free of all the laws that weigh you down and do nothing 
but show you how you fall short of God's goodness. And I want you to break free from that and turn to God's goodness. Turn away from what you shouldn't do and run towards what you should be doing. What we should be doing is allowing God's goodness to bear fruit within us and then share it with all the people we can. In Galatians 6, there's a good example provided for us to how we can live this out. There it says, so let's not get tired of doing what is good. At the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, we should do good to everyone, especially to those in the family of faith. So let's not get tired of doing the good thing. Let's not get tired of digging our roots deep into the riverbanks of God's living water. Let's not be tired of being connected to God through the Holy Spirit. Remember, we will never score enough points to make it into heaven. We will never do enough good deeds to have eternity handed over to us. That's why it's so important to know Jesus. It's so important to be connected to God through Jesus. And being connected to Jesus is our first step towards goodness. It's our first step towards any kind of spiritual fruit. And here's how the Apostle Paul wrote about our relationship with Jesus. There he says, When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed us his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies— we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because of our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. So even though we are sinners, even though that sin has removed us from direct contact with God, even though Paul calls us enemies of God, we still have a direct path to restoration. We still have a path to being made good. We still have a way to being seen as good to our Father in heaven. And that way is Jesus. When we go to Jesus, all the sin, all the words, thoughts, and actions that have fallen short of the absolute perfection of God's character, all of that is washed away. It's that simple. When we believe that Jesus came down to this earth, never sinned, and laid down his perfect life for us, we are made to be good in God's eyes. And that is actually our first step towards handing out the spiritual fruit of goodness to all the people in our lives. Now, for some of you, you might be thinking, man, this Christian thing, that, that Jesus stuff works for you because you are good people, not me. I'm a bad person. I'll come around someday, maybe when I get a little bit better. Now, if you're thinking that, you're thinking backwards. Good people don't come to Jesus. Because as I've been talking about today, we're all bad. We're all messed up. People come to Jesus to be made good. So if you're someone that wants to take your first step towards goodness today, the way you can do it is by starting your relationship with Jesus right here, right now. To do that, all you have to do is have a conversation with him. We would call that time that you spend with him prayer. So I'm going to ask that everyone bows their head as we pray this prayer, but not just people that are doing this for the first time, because here at Akuo, in this community, nobody ever prays alone. No one has to do life by themselves. So if you want to connect to Jesus and be transformed by God, 
I just want you to pray this very simple prayer with me today. So Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you for the sacrifice you've made for me. I know I didn't deserve that because I've sinned and I'm looked at as bad. But right here, right now, I declare that I believe in you, Jesus, and I want to follow you the absolute best way I know how. Thank you for everything. I love you. And I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So let's go ahead and keep our heads bowed. Now, if you've been a believer for the last five seconds or the last five decades, and you want to see more goodness in your life, I want you to pray something like this with me. Just say this along with me. Father, I ask that you would bear more fruit in my life. Father, I ask that you would remind me to dig my roots deep into your riverbank of living water. I pray that you would help me tap into your goodness. I pray that you would help me run from the rules that hold me back and run to the goodness that your Holy Spirit gives. Thank you for everything, Lord. We love you. Thank you for Jesus. And we pray all of these things in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. Next week, we're going to continue in our series, Fruit of the Spirit, and we will be talking about gentleness. As always, this is a service that I don't want you to miss out on, so be sure and watch along with us next week at 8.30 and 10 o'clock on Sunday. Also, I just want to remind you that if you're comfortable, we will continue to meet in person at the pavilion across the street from our building at 10 a.m. next Sunday at 100 Quinton Road, 78201. At these outdoor services, we're going to continue to wear masks and keep our distance. Now, if you aren't ready to be a part of our in-person messages, you are always welcome to continue to watch with us here online or listen to us on all, any of the podcasts. We just want to provide the best product we can no matter where you are. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is how we practice generosity here at Akul. What we do is practice the biblical method of giving called tithing, which means giving a first fruit 10% offering to the storehouse, which is your local church. Because we know that when you trust God with your finances, there is great blessing. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that you're going to get like a yacht or anything crazy because you tithe for the first time or the hundredth time. That's not necessarily how this works. The way it does work is that anytime you give anything over to God, you experience a blessing in that area. You experience a peace knowing that you are trusting God to take care of you. This could be a way that you can show some kindness during some, this season, or that you could have some goodness flowing through you. So we want you to grow closer to God by exercising this very practical discipline. We want you to get to blessings. Now that might not be a possibility for you right now. Things might be really tough for you and your family because of the snowpocalypse or just the, the COVID, the pandemic, just whatever it might be. If you're in that position, we wanna help you right now. We wanna be linked to you during your tough time. So if you need anything at all, please reach out to us. Or if you know someone that needs help, let us know. All you have to do is go to our website, akuo.church, and click on the Contact Us link. You can also send me an email directly at humby.sedveta at akuo.church. Or you can call or text the church directly at 210-901-8785. Now, if you are willing to tithe here at Akuo Church, the way you can do that is by going to our website, akuo.church. And when you get there, all you have to do is click on the giving link and follow the instructions. We also have our text-to-tithe option. For that, all you have to do is text akuo a-K-O-U-O, and the dollar amount you want to tithe to the number 77977. If you don't want to give electronically, we also have our P.O. Box available if you would like to send your tithe through a check. For that, all you have to do is mail your tithe to P.O. Box 100-125, San Antonio, Texas, 78201. Now, one last thing. 
I just wanna remind you guys about our Zoom group that we have every Wednesday night at 7.30. This is a great way for us to get together and hear how God is bearing fruit in us and how we can share it with one another. For all the links to the Zoom group, all you have to do is go to our website or to any of our social media pages. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you today. I just want you to know, like I let you know every week that I love you and I'm praying for you all the time. So before we go, let me just pray over you one last time. So Jesus says, everyone clicks off their browser, turns off their TV and puts away their phone. I ask that you would be speaking to them. I ask that you would remind them to plant their roots deep into your riverbanks of living water. I pray that you would help them produce all kinds of spiritual fruits, Lord. I ask that you would help them produce goodness that they can use for themselves, that they can feed on this week. And I pray that you would give them that goodness in, in such a ridiculously amazing way that they can hand it to their friends and their neighbors and their family members and just everybody in their community, Lord. We thank you for what you're doing and who you are. We love you. And we pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, that's all that we have for you this week. We'll see you on Wednesday at Zoom Group. Thanks for spending time with us today. You can find this message and any recent sermon available on demand at our website, akuo.church. That's A-K-O-U-O dot church. Also, connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching Akuo Church. Welcome to the community. We hope to hear from you soon.